Covering the crew all season long on WTMJ, it's Brewers Extra Innings. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios in downtown Milwaukee at the Avenue, here is your host, Dominic Catronio. We made it. Oh my goodness, we made it. The rain, I thought it would never end. The storm I've never seen before. Especially before the game. Okay, we survived. I'm being dramatic. Brewers win, 11-8, fun one today. We'll be with you until 8.30 here tonight on WTMJ. I'm Dominic Catronio, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. It only took about another 20 minutes for this game to end, not even that, really, as Yoel Piams locked down the save after the rain delay there in the top of the ninth inning. The Brewers get the victory. They have guaranteed a winning record on this 10-game road trip. They are now 6-3 and three on this trip. They get a win tomorrow. They will do exactly what I asked, going 7-3. and three. Great stuff. What do you think? 855-616-1620. A few things that I think about from this game first and foremost. That's the Corbin Burns the Brewers were hoping to see a lot more of this year. And there's a stat in there that I'm going to break down with Craig Kishon a little bit later that we might have uncovered accidentally sitting here in the studio together that might be a key to Corbin Burns' success moving forward this year. But tonight, Corbin Burns, I'm not saying he's got to be perfect through five innings again, but what I'm saying is the command, the sharp, the belief in his pitches, his use of his secondary pitches is the big thing, and there's a stat that follows up with that coming up in just a moment as to how well Corbin Burns pitched today. Seven strong innings, just one hit allowed, the base hit in the sixth inning. He walked two, also hit a batter, but he struck out seven. He allowed two earned runs. You would think when he was exiting the game and the Brewers up at 11-2, giving Clayton Andrews his big league debut in the eighth inning, we would not have to stress this one out. Then a six-run eighth inning made things very interesting. I know Clayton Andrews' next outing will be a lot more fun than this one was, but it's a stark, stark contrast of the A bullpen and the B bullpen of the Brewers. And... Maybe it's a victim of the fact that they have a six-man rotation right now. Remind you, they have one less arm in their bullpen right now because they have a six-man rotation. And that's why Peter Strzelecki was optioned on Tuesday, uh, or excuse me, on Wednesday from uh, the Mets series down in Nashville because he was optionable and they needed to make room for this six-man rotation until the All-Star break. I doubt they will stick in a six-man rotation coming out of the break. They'll probably move Adrian Hauser back into the bullpen. But looking at this roster today, and I talked about it in the rain delay theater there, who's going to be the guy that steps up? Who's going to be the guy that says, give me the ball? I got this in the ninth inning. We saw Elvis Pagaro warming up in the bottom of the eighth. We didn't think Devin Williams was available today, and it turned out Yoel Piamps was tapped on the shoulder saying, you got the ninth, and he made it as stress-free as possible. Got help from another great play from Brian Anderson. He was dazzling at third base today as well. That was really fun to watch too. The Brewers... Sometimes you just take a win like this and say, okay, we got it across the finish line. A win is a win, baby. And it wasn't the it wasn't the A bullpen that blew this one. The A bullpen locked it down. Corbin Burns locked it down. The offense was fantastic today. They did what they were supposed to do. Christian Yelich, have yourself a day. All-star reserves come out tomorrow. I sure hope he's on it because he's playing like an all-star. One for three, a home run that lands in the Allegheny. 
Also scores three runs, drawing two walks. Did not strike out today. It was his 10th homer of the season. Let me give you a list of names here. Here's the list of players with at least 10 home runs, 15 stolen bases, and 40 runs batted in. Here's the entire list. Christian Yelich, Ronald Acuna Jr., Julio Rodriguez, Corbin Carroll, Josh Lowe. I think everybody I just listed are all-stars, except for Josh Lowe. This dude's an all-star. He's playing like it. He's performing like it. He's carrying this team when they needed it. He has had picked up his uh, July right where his June left off to start off this month. I think that's phenomenal. Again, 10 homers, 40 runs batted in, 15 stolen bases at this point in the season. Only Acuna, J-Rod, Corbin Carroll, Josh Lowe with the Rays, and Christian Yelich. Those are the only five players in baseball that can match that stat line. I love it. It's great stuff. We're going to talk a little more specifically about Corbin Burns. Craig Kishan is going to join us in just a little bit once his television duties are over. Once again, 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620 if you want to join us. want to remind you that Brewers Extra Innings brought to you by Fifth Third Bank. With a local Milwaukee team, Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, and they're going to help offer industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities. That's going to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value that only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. Just getting going with an abbreviated program today. We've got another 45 minutes in the show here on WTMJ. We're with you until 8.30 this evening after a Brewers 11-8 victory. Don't go anywhere. Brewers Extra Innings rolls on. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. All right, another win tomorrow, and the Brewers will be 7-3 and three on this 10-game road trip, and they got a win from Corbin Burns today. 6-5 and five now on the year for Corbin. His ERA is at a level 4.00. Seven innings, one hit, two runs, both earned. Two walks, seven strikeouts, and also one hit batter. He flirted with a perfect game, 15 up, 15 down, to start this game. Then the wheels kind of came off there in a long sixth inning. A couple of things that jump out to me about Corbin today, especially those first few frames, his command was on point. You know, he he was mixing both sides of the plate. And we all know he carves up left-handed hitters, right? And you saw a lot of lefties in the order today from the Pirates, right? Palacios, Sowinski, Santana, uh, Marcano, Bay, lots of lefties in there. And he was carving. He was looking great. He was working and the thing that I loved, and the number one thing that jumped out to me about today's game, do you notice what he didn't throw? He didn't throw a single sinker today. Not a single one. Hmm. It's been a it's it's easily now, this dude's a Cy Young winner, and I'm not here to tell him what to do, right? I I am a guy that reads numbers and I consider myself a nerd. I will never pitch or be athletic at the capability that Corbin Burns is, even in the golf, even in my domain, right? I'm a golfer. He's an infinitely better golfer than me, too. But we can look at the numbers. We can objectively say the sinker is his worst offering of his five offerings. Cutter, curve, change, slider, sinker. This year, opponent's hitting 273 off of it, but he's allowed three homers on it. So what's going on with that pitch? Doesn't get swings and misses on it. 7% 7% whiff rate. Everybody sees it well because it's not the cutter. 
and he used the cutter enough today. Yeah, I I like the amount that he mixed in the breaking stuff. But there's a number I want to get with Craig Sean with here in just a little bit. They're almost done on television to talk about with him because I have this feeling, and this number confirms it, that when the Brewer or when Corbin Burns throws more breaking balls and, and tries to mix in more of the sliders and more of the curveballs and more of the changeups. I mean, the changeup was disgusting today. We got to talk about that too. The changeup was absolutely filthy in today's game. What did you see from Corbin today? 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. This one from Aaron in Illinois. When the going gets tough, you turn to your ace. Corbin aced it today. Good teams do this. Happy with Terang's performance so far, and Weaker seems to have found himself, maybe. I agree with that. More on that later. Even his outs were hard at today with Bush DFA'd. Will we see Strez return here shortly? Also, we beat Hill the first time we faced him, as Rich Hill will get to start tomorrow. Appreciate the text there, Aaron. Yeah, I think we'll see Peter Strez like he... Uh, after the All-Star break, just because of the six-man rotation, unless they decide to go ahead and immediately option Clayton Andrews and bring Peters right back up, I wouldn't be surprised by that. Um, but yeah, Peters going to be back soon, very, very soon. It was just a matter of the options and things of that nature. The problem is you got to keep him down for, uh, te- uh, I believe it's 10 days, if I'm not mistaken, barring an injury. So that's why they're going to keep him down until after the All-Star break, unless there's an injury. You can't just option a guy back and forth without cause to do so. Uh, So that's something to keep in mind as well. The Brewers today, Yoel Payam slamming the door. you got to imagine Devin Williams is now available tomorrow. I mean, also, let's be honest, I didn't think we were going to talk about Yoel Payam's pitching in this game when the Brewers were up 10 to nothing. so it didn't love that development happening. But the Brewers would love to be up 10 to nothing and finish the job tomorrow and not have to worry about any of those leverage relievers coming into the game and how much do they have to offer for the Brewers at this point in uh, the season with all the use that they've had as of late. And there's something about the week before the All-Star break, right? Like Think of it like senioritis in high school or you know right before spring break. Everybody's just staring at the calendar. Teachers are nodding along, listening to say, yep, all my students aren't focused. Same thing happens to ballplayers, man. You're thinking, oh, okay, we're almost at the all-star break. I've almost got four days off. I've almost got a chance to hit the reset, but I'm so close. Bryce Wilson, he didn't quite have the zip on his fastball today. you got to wonder if he's hanging right now. It's a long season. I do not, do not envy these guys. It is a hard thing to make it through a baseball season. you got to think. That that all-star break is that light at the end of the tunnel getting brighter and brighter right now. The Brewers are feeling great about where they stand right now. When we come back, we're going to have Craig Gashon join us. Going to take a quick breather. We're with you until 8.30 tonight. Brewers Extra Innings rolling on after this. Brewers win, Brewers win, Brewers win. It took a while, but they got the win. After a rainless rain delay that we survived with some alternate programming, you know, pour one out for your, for your host, okay, for Craig Kishon and myself. All these guys sitting up there in the C-suite, right, Craig? Just sitting there, hey, we'll just kick it to alternate programming. We'll be fine. We're the guys filling that programming. I think we're the real MVPs today, Craig. They better not call us Control-Alt-Delete, I'll tell you that, Dom. <laughs> <laughs> now, we're this all good. I mean, it just reminded me of a typical nine-inning game from – you know, last year or the year before, no big deal. Five hours, whatever it was, we were on the air. It was all good. As long as we get the win, right? That's what we always say. Yeah, no big deal at all. When Everything is easier 
when you're winning. The Brewers get the 11-8 victory. And you were in the room when we were talking about this with Corbin Burns. I mean, he looked like the ace again. He looked like a guy that the Brewers were leaning on earlier in the year. I mean, I, I looked at that Arizona start, and I looked at some other starts as well. And I think the big thing that jumps out to me about Corbin today, seven strong innings flirted with a perfect game, the amount of breaking balls we saw today, the curves and the sliders and the changeups, the non-cutters that we saw today, I thought made a massive difference for Corbin Burns' performance today. Well, uh, there's no question about that. And you you really, if you think about um, how well he was commanding all of those pitches today uh, and, and the struggles that he has had at times in games this season and afterwards when he keeps saying he's he's still working on some stuff and it you know it's just not his cutter we know how important that is he's working on some stuff i'm working on this i'm working on whatever the case may be i i think today we saw all the things that he has been working on and and what it takes to make it almost perfect i mean he was perfect through five innings and and it was fun to watch i i don't mind you know, seeing the ball put in play and seeing great plays or, or seeing hard hit balls hit at, you know, all of his defense, you know, at everywhere in the field. Doesn't matter to me about all the, the strikeouts, whatever. Um, everything was working for him, and that, that was the beauty of it. It was, you know, really for the most part, the, the first five innings, it just – I called his no-hitter, you know, a couple of years ago, the combined no-hitter he had with Hader, and those early innings reminded me of where he was going. Um, for sure. And, you know, I said to you, you know, when we were watching this game, look out, he, he's got this stuff. And I know you agreed. Um, so it, it was, it was great to watch, but I, you know, you know, how hard he's been working to get to this point. This stuff doesn't come easy. It comes with hard work. And I think we saw some payoff today. Let me, this is the stat I was teasing some folks before you came onto the program today. He threw about 45% of his pitches were non-cutters, okay? That's a much higher rate than usual for him. Normally, he's right around the 40% rate, something like that. He'll throw 60 to 65% cutters in a game. I mean, it's a pitch that he relies on. It's his number one. But let me just give you an idea. In games that he started, the the five highest rates of non-cutters used in a game, right? Mixing up his off-speed stuff, how much he's used the other stuff, Okay. The game that he used the most non-cutters in a game was back in July of 2021, July 1st, against these Pirates. In that game, he went into the eighth inning, only allowed one run, had five strikeouts. The next game on that list is September 30th, 2022. That's when he went eight shutout last season, trying to keep the Brewers in it against the Miami Marlins. The next game on that list, May 13th, 2022, last season. And what do you do in that game? He went seven strong against Miami with seven strikeouts. The next game on that list, August 17th, 2021. What is that significant? August 17th was against the Cardinals, six shutout innings. And then finally, the fifth highest rate of non-cutters used in a game was his no-hitter on September 11th, 2021. Today he flirted with a perfect game for the first five innings of the game. I think we might have seen something. Throw less cutters, and you're going to be successful, Corbin. Yeah, and, y- you know, I-, I know how important that pitch is for him, but but look, Dom, just, just think about this road trip, who the Brewers have seen as opposing pitchers. They've seen 
uh, Justin Verlander, and they've seen Max Scherzer. And I just want to pinpoint these guys because they've been around forever, and they're going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. But they're still pitching at a high level because of how they can mix their pitches up with with such high rate of success. And it is it is fun to watch as a baseball fan. It's fun for us to watch that. It is uh, you you really salute these guys. You appreciate all that goes into it and going into it with longevity. And and this is where Corbin Burns wants to end up someday. And now you, you look at how dangerous these guys have been really their whole careers, and they're still mowing down guys. This is kind of the things that we're seeing in, in all those games that you're mentioning right now uh, with all the non-fastball usage and the success rate that, that Burns is, is putting forth right now. So, yeah, it is, it is big stuff. I'd love to see it continue. I hope it does. I hope this is at this pace where he's saying this is where he's wanted to get to. And then he finds consistency with it. That is the bottom line. He's got to go out in his next start and do the same thing. And the other thing is I'm not telling him to completely erase the cutter from his repertoire. It's still a lethal pitch. But when you show it so many times, teams are starting to understand your patterns and how you're using it. I don't think he threw a two-strike cutter when ahead of the count once today. i got to wait for the report to come out tomorrow to make sure my math was right on that. And when he's not throwing as many cutters, he's still throwing about 53% cutters in a game. When he can level it off, that's when he becomes lethal. Because I don't know about you, but I thought his changeup today was absolutely disgusting against these lefties today. Uh, The three consecutive he threw to Carlos Santana, I believe that was in the fifth inning. Oh, my goodness. Those are some of the three best changeups he's thrown all year. Yeah, it, it was good, and and uh, you know he's also saying to Santana, "You're not going to be dancing home runs off of me, my man." Uh, we saw that last <laughs> night. That was enough. But um, no, I mean it, it's 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 good. I mean it's it's something that obviously he wants to continue, and the Brewers are going to hopefully be in much better shape with this pitching staff. Just just forming the way we're seeing uh, Corbin Burns. Um, kind of take his game, uh, hopefully to a new level here or the next level. Um, I, I don't know how high these guys need to go to another level here in this one, but but everybody who's good in elite uh, takes their game somewhere else. And for the good ones, it's it's always up, and, and Corbin definitely falls into that category. He had himself a great start. We haven't even talked about the fact that Brewers hung 11 runs on the board. Let's talk about the offense. Let's get to our difference-making moment of the game coming up in our next segment. Don't go anywhere. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Another segment with Craig Kishon here. We're with you until 8.30 tonight. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. So we've talked plenty about Corbin. Let's give some flowers to the offense now. And maybe more specifically, Christian Yelich. They got out to a 10 nothing lead six innings into this one. They got a run in the first, and, you know, little did we know that Christian Yelich would send one into the Allegheny one inning later, but we were praising the fact that Yelich was taking the extra base on a base hit to left field, going first to third, setting up the sack fly for Rowdy Telez there in the first inning. Then Yelly would hit a ball into the grand slam, but the theme from that is that offensively, the last few games, the Brewers have been doing the little things offensively, and it's paid off. Yes, they hit a couple homers today, but they haven't been hitting a lot of home runs so 
when they'd add up good performances like they did today, little things on the base pass, not striking out a lot, putting the ball in play. I mean, they only struck out four times today and drew five walks. That's great stuff. They're doing the little things right right now. Yeah, and what did all those all but one of the walks I think uh, that the Brewers drew today scored runs and I yeah, mean all that, but the last one, all but the last one, yeah. And so that, but that's the goal, obviously. But to to do it at that high percentage, you know, the the offense is is changing uh, with Christian Yelich's success to get on base. I mean, he's on base three times today. Uh, two of those were via the walk, but he scored three runs and he hit the three run home run. And that was an absolute missile, by the way. Um, so he's doing everything right. There's no question about that. Um, but he's setting he's setting the tone. I mean, just having him in that leadoff spot. Um, I, I think you'll agree with me, Dom. There's something about seeing him now in the batter's box and you're seeing an instant threat. You're seeing that superstardom power, that elite hitter coming into the batter's box. And maybe, maybe you're thinking twice now if you're a pitcher. Um, that's back. I don't think there's any question about that. And, and that's what makes things exciting to watch as a fan. It's what makes things exciting if you're his teammate. And you know it's exciting for him. He, he's enjoying this ride. He's certainly not in an I-told-you-so mode at all, but he is in, enjoying this ride here right now. And by tomorrow, he could be named an all-star, and that would be quite an accomplishment. I think he's earned it. I, 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 don't, I, I read the numbers earlier, 40 RBIs, 15 stolen bases, 10 homers. He's one of only five guys to do that, and three of the other four are all-star starters. So th- this dude should be an all-star reserve, in my opinion. He needs to be heading to Seattle. I'm sure he would like a break, but it is an honor to be invited to the all-star game, where he's been plenty of times before, uh, and I think you'll have a great time. And I imagine it'll be him and Devin Williams going on uh, the all-star uh, game festivities in Seattle. I want to point out Jesse Winker had a knock, an RBI double. He also drew a walk, scored a couple of times. Uh, Willie Adamas had a couple of hits, too. Brian Anderson had a couple of hits. What we're looking at, I mean, we're seeing just building blocks, right? I'm not asking for Willie to get two hits every single night, but that's the fastest way to increase your batting average and to increase your OPS. But if we're seeing production out of Winker, if we're seeing production out of Willie Adamas, the second half, it's going to lean on those guys, right? They're here to hit. They're, I mean, Willie's got great defense too, but specifically Winker and Telez. These guys need to be producing. And, yes, Telez is 0 for 4, but he didn't strike out today. He's putting the ball in place, hitting the ball hard. We're seeing the foundation being laid for what hopefully the rest of July is going to be, all right, is this offense the guys that we're going to keep or are we going to go have to get external or something up from AAA to make it work? But I like what I've seen in the last couple of games. Yeah, there's a, there's a window for these guys that you're talking about to – get to where they should be. That's how I'm going to put it. Not to get to where they need to be. They, they should be at a higher level. Um, and for some, it takes a little longer. Uh, for others, it takes a kick in the pants, whatever you want to call it. It takes, you know, some motivation by, you know, watching a guy that, like Christian Yelich and somebody that perhaps could just lead by example. Um, but, I mean, Dom, if, if half of these guys – just half get to get to the production that they should be at 
uh, this team, I think, is going to be in great shape going moving forward into the second half of the season for sure. I mean, I, I don't know when Rowdy Telez is going to hit his next home run. I don't know if he's close or not. But today he had two RBIs and he didn't get on base. He did it with a sacrifice flying with an infield ground out. But you know what? You got a runner at third. Bring him home, please. And he was able to do it in two of his at-bats here today. So those are things that just – you have to appreciate in the game of baseball because those are the little things that add up and will get you, you know, 10, 11 runs in the game and, and that type of thing. And, you know, the way this one turned out, how big were those RBIs? You know, the Brewers only won by three. They had a 10 run lead at one point. So um, just get these guys to be where they should be. That, that's all I ask. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Get them closer to what, the uh, the Brewers thought they were acquiring when they came over here to Milwaukee. Also, I think Bryce Terang's about to ignite. I really think uh, he hit a couple of balls hard today. He also got a knock, also drew a walk, did not strike out today. I think good things are on the horizon for him. But in a 11-8 final, you know, if you didn't watch any of this game, you think, wow, it seems like an entertaining game. Well, the Brewers are up 10 nothing and 11-2, and then it got tight. Do you have a difference-making moment from this one, Mr. Craig Kishon? You know, I don't, Dom. Uh, this is going to be the first time I'm going to concede to whatever you want to do in yours because I could I could make up a hundred of them here today. But this was just one of those odd two rain delay beginning and a lot of stuff happening. Ten run lead doesn't you're not comfortable. Um, so I'll go with whatever you want to go with here today. Uh, it's Christian Yelich putting a ball into the Allegheny. I mean, making it a five nothing <laughs> go. Five nothing game at the time. They added another run later in the frame as well. I mean, when he hit that ball and sucked the energy out of that crowd that was trying to build up after the rain delay without rain, that was the moment for me. That's when you knew this game was heading the Brewers' direction. It got a little tense, but they never lost the lead, and they held on all the way to the finish. I'm liking it. I'm liking it. And and I think I could I could throw out uh talking about all these players and and what you need to get out of them, you know, that that Jesse Winker had that 3 RBI double and that that big four run sixth inning. I mean, the Brewers needed 9 runs to win here today. Uh they got 11. They gave up 8. So they they needed everything in that sixth inning as it turned out to be too and I'll throw one more out at you for the offense. Uh I just glazed over the uh, the runs all season long here so far in the 83 games, whatever it's been. And this is only the third time all season in back-to-back games the Brewers have scored at least seven runs. Only the third time they have done that. And that's astounding to me. It's hard to believe, but that's that's how stymied this offense has been all season long. So let's see some more of that as we roll forward. Amen to that. Craig Kishon here on the program. Thanks for your time, Craig, and we'll chat with you again tomorrow. You got it, Tom. All right, Craig Kishon with our difference-making moment of the game, brought to you by Annex Wealth Management, investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Forget commission sales pitches and financial products you don't actually need. Know the difference. Annex provides elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need. AnnexWealth.com. Back with more Craig Council's comments, too, after this. Brewers win. Took a while. Some fake rain delay in there, too. And a real rain delay. But the Brewers win 11-8. And they'll go for the series win tomorrow and a very successful series of road trips. 
coming up tomorrow. It's time for Who's Hot, brought to you by Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Don't wait till it's too late for your AC preventative From maintenance WTMG with Cider break. Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Schedule your appointment today at Cider, S-E-I-D-E-R, dot com. Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Families helping families since 1912. The Brewers are hot. They have an opportunity to go 7-3 and three on this 10-game road trip. They're coming off of some better baseball as of late. I mean, this team has hit the, the rebound button. They've they found a way to get back on track. It, it felt like, it feels like to me, the low point of the season was the sweep of the A's and the two-game sweep by the Twins. It feels like that was a low point. They were competitive for the most part against the Diamondbacks, but they're a very good team leading the NL West. You're not going to win every series you play, but I was okay with the way they played in that series. Corbin had a tough go of it, but the point being... After that low point, right, after getting swept by the A's and swept by the Twins, they sweep the Pirates in response. They lose two out of three to the Diamondbacks, but now they've won two out of three against the Guardians, three out of four against the Mets, and they have an opportunity to go two out of three against the Pirates in a series that they could have gone three for three in, too, but that's neither here nor there. Let's hear from the skipper. His thoughts after a victory today, 11-7. to Here's Craig Council after the win. Players were in the clubhouse. They told us um, like three. There was a threat of rain, and and then they just kind of kept backing it up. Yeah. He was so sharp early. It looked like today he sort of had the secondary stuff really working. Um, yeah, I thought he did. I mean, I thought, you know, I looked up at one point, and he, you know, it was just the number of strikes he was throwing. Um, I think is was a, you know, big indicator of how sharp he was. There's was there's a lot of just like double more than double strikes of balls so um when, when he's doing that um it was good um and they you know he, he lost command a little bit obviously to start the start the sixth um you know just battled through it and, and made good pitches and came out with a clean seventh and and um you know still the fact that he covered seven innings was, was big for us how big was that specifically after his last start out that sixth inning is where things got tough for him too just the way he responded in the seventh yeah i mean always good and always good to leave the game on a good note for sure so seven strong innings today and a, and a really good start sometimes there's the theory of like too much run support you know which obviously today was not the case but do you think the long layoff is does that help explain maybe the sudden command the, the, for corbin maybe top of six. Oh, oh, oh. um yeah, I, I mean, I think, yeah, we, we did talk. We all, you always worry about the long innings, especially as you get later into the game. Um, so it's, you know, it's like you said, I mean, you know, you'll take the runs every single time. Um, but it, it, it's always when you're when the starting pitcher is, you know, sixth, seventh, and having to sit there um, for a long time, it's it, you're always a little concerned for sure. Did he do anything different with sequencing today, like with – off-speed stuff, particularly two strikes. No, I think he. I think he just. I think he made some quality. I think it was just quality pitches. Yeah, I mean, I think he was in. It just, especially early in the game, he was just in count advantage so much more. And then when he got count advantage, he executed immediately. And so you know, we saw a bunch of three-pitch strikeouts. You know, that's that's three executed pitches. Um, so uh, execution. You know, when he got ahead, and he was ahead a lot. Offensively, you guys had six different guys with an RBI. What'd you make of just the balance in the lineup today? Yeah, I mean, a good day, good day throughout, and um, 
You know, it starts it, it starts with Yelly having an at bat just to lead off the game, where he just he pushes the guy and uh, draws a walk, um, and you know, eight pitch at bat right off the bat, and that's like the night that's the, the nightmare for a pitcher to start a game, right? So, um, you know, he Yelly had a great game. Tap tapped at a really nice job. Perk had some big hits. Jesse had some had some big hits. So. Um, but Yelly's, you know, Yelly's doing a heck of a job at the top of the lineup, man. I mean, he's on base. His at bats are so good. Running the score on that double by Winker, you know, just just really a lot of good stuff. Mother Nature came at a good time late. I mean, it kind of changed the vibe in the yard a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. I wasn't big fan of it but i mean we had we had the, the we had elvis up and elvis probably would have pitched that inning but then once elvis had to sit down so then i had we had to get you know i didn't want elvis to get hot sit for 45 minutes so cost us a you know cost us pie amps pitching probably but turned out turned out fine good soft spot landing spot for andrews there but just kind of snowballed on him a little bit yeah i mean he got he got ahead and he got ahead a bunch of hitters uh early you know early in the inning and i just couldn't couldn't finish him unfortunately and um just probably i didn't i haven't looked but just too much of the strike zone with two strikes yeah it's tough to pitch in the big leagues welcome to the show clayton andrews he will have better outings than that one today. Still looking for his first big league strikeout, and I can't wait for the moment to celebrate the short king spring summer. All right? All your boys out there, 5'9 and below, raise one up for Clayton. Made it to the show, five foot six, shortest pitcher in Brewers history, tied with uh, Danny Herrera, also five foot six, back in 2011. There's your fun fact you didn't know you needed to hear today. We're going to get to some highlights. That's coming up next on Brewers Extra Innings. Victory for the Brewers today. I'm Dom Catronio. This one got out in a flash. The Brewers got a one nothing lead in the first inning thanks to a sacrifice fly from Rowdy Telez. Blake Perkins went at an RBI single in the second inning to set the stage for one of the most exciting, loudest, farthest home runs of the year from the man, the myth, Christian Yelich. Good speed on the bases. The 1-0, a drive to deep right field. How far will it fly? All the way out of the ballpark and out into the Allegheny. A three-run home run for Christian Yelich. That's his 10th. And what an exclamation point on that one. Jeff Levering's call of it. The Brewers lead 5-0. They would add another run there in the second to make it 6-0. Meanwhile, Corbin Burns was on cruise control. He went 15 up and 15 down to start this game. Then we picked things up in the top of the sixth inning. Jesse Winker with a couple guys on and a little bit of good fortune in the outfield. Sacks packed full of Brewers. First pitch. Swing and a fly ball right center field. That's headed towards the gap. It's down. One run is in. Tapia's in. Yelich will be sent around third. Here comes the throw. Not in time. Winker clears the bases with a double. Jeff Levering's call once again. That made it a ten, or excuse me, a nine-nothing lead. And just to make it an even ten, how about Victor Caratini? Caratini's 0 for 3. He's trying to join the hip parade. There's a ground ball, and he will. Jesse Winker going to try and score. Sawinski's throw is cut off. It's 10-0 Brewers. Brewers would hold that lead for a while. Two runs would score, though, in the bottom of the sixth inning as Gordon Burns lost the perfect game and no-hit bids. Rymel Tapia, though, would try to get one of those back in the next frame. 
So Rymel Tapia would hit a solo home run over the wall in right field. That Here's made it 11-2. to two. And then things Fly got... Ball deep right field. Going back is Davis at the track at the wall. It is gone! Wasn't it bad from Rymel Tapia? Tapia's second home run with the Brewers. That made it 11-2. Things got stressful, though, in the eighth when six runs came across in the frame. But there was some good defense in that frame, thanks to Brian Anderson at third. And the pitch to McCutcheon. Ground ball fair. Anderson has it. Throws across the diamond from one knee to get Andrew McCutcheon. Unbelievable defense from Brian Anderson in the first three months of this season. He threw it 75 miles an hour from one knee. A huge out for him and the defense. So 11-8 to after a rain delay in the top of the ninth inning. Finally back, all dried off. Yoel Piomps going for the save to finish this one. Fans on their feet. Here comes a 3-2 pitch from Yoel Piomps. Struck him out swinging. Ball game over. Brewers win it 11-8. Exhale, and they'll go for the series win tomorrow. We'll wrap up the program after this on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. All right, finally wrapping things up after a long day of talking baseball here across Good Karma Brands for myself. Reminder, we've got the Matt Arnold interview from the State of the Brewers earlier today right here on Brewers All Access. really encourage you to check that out. Fun conversation with him. I have the entire show over on ESPN Milwaukee as well, so you can listen to it there. This show is available on Brewers All Access. We'll be back with another postgame tomorrow. First pitch will be at 12.40 Central Time. Coverage begins at 12.05 with the On Deck program. Quick programming note, no postgame show for the third or the fourth, go out to the lake, have it on the radio, listen to Euchre, call hopefully a couple of wins against the Cubs, and be on about your day. No post game coming up on Monday or Tuesday, and then we'll be back on Wednesday night to finish things up with uh, the final two games of that series with the Cubs. Again, we're back on the air, 12.05 tomorrow. Jeff and Lane will take you for the finale of this road trip and the series. Brewers looking for the win. It'll be Colin Ray on the mound going against Rich Hill. 1240 first pitch right here on WTMJ. That's going to do it for us here today. My thanks to Craig Cushon and to Sam Butson, our producer. I'm Dom Cutronio. It's been a long one, but it's been a fun one. The Brewers went 11-8. We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, keep on swinging.